guys. Welcome to the Dragon's Voice podcast, and it's been a very long journey. I hope you guys uh, are home safe and sound and everything, and uh, football is slowly getting back there, and uh, with my team on the verge of the Europa League, and also with the football clubs and in England, you know, they're hoping for the best with the stadiums reopening sometime in October, but we're still here, and I'm still trying to get Welsh football out there, and especially as well, speaking of Welsh football, we're going to move on from the Cardiff City players and the proper football league players where we're going to talk about this particular person. Uh, I'm with Reese Griffiths, the guy who scored so many goals in the Welsh Premier League and I think he's one of the all-time, uh, one of the members of the all-time 11 uh, season or of all-time Welsh Premier League. You know, he's played for Tlethi, uh, Portalbert, he's played for the Welsh Premier Pros, he's played for Plymouth Argyle and Newport. Reese, how's it going? Good, thanks. Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. <clears throat> no worries. No worries at all. I'm, uh, I'm actually glad that I got you on here because uh, I've uh, spoken to Mark Lloyd-Williams and, you know, he's the probably the quote-unquote record uh, goal scorer, but you're just not far from behind, uh, Mark. And I just want to know, um, what is your secret to scoring a lot of goals and breaking a lot of records when you were playing in the Welsh Premier League? Um, I think it's different probably for every player. Um, so Mark might have a different answer to me. But I think that people say it's a knack to scoring goals. I'm not so sure. I think it's something that can be taught, can be learned. Um, a lot of self-discovery for me, personally. It took me a long time to get going. Um, but I think if you think about the game a lot, then, then you can find yourself, yourself in, those, in those spots to put the ball away. But I think over the years I've watched sort of match of the day and John Terry's clearing the ball at the front post and people are saying, oh, that's great defending, uh, but if someone nicks in at the front post, they're in the right place at the right time, and I, I don't think you can have one without the other. So for me, um, it's, it's something which, whether it's subconscious or, or not, it's something which can be taught. Yeah. And uh, with, that, with that in mind, you know, um, uh, we're going to talk about bits and pieces of your career here and there and everything, but um, I, I really want to start off with um, Cumbran Town, because that's where you... Uh, technically started, you know, playing your career. and uh, But at that time as well, you had um, Chris Summers, who was, uh, I, I spoke to him not long ago, actually, and uh, and if Chris is watching this, we need to start another episode because the last one, it failed because of signal and everything. But um, uh, I was talking to him, he was coming in, coming out of Cumbran, but you were just starting your career with Cumbran. What was that like for you to be joining the club where, you know, you had Chris Summers, but then you had Tony Wilcox as well as uh, um, the manager. But he was sort of, I think around about the time he passed away in the early 2000s or something like that. But what was that like for you, personally? Yeah, I, I became friendly with Richard Carter, who was a right back. Um, me and Richard are really close now, but we, we were sort of, uh, we just met around the 2000 time. And we started playing in a five-a-side team. And actually, Chris Summers played in that five-a-side team as well. We, uh, we used to win about 20 nil every week. But, um, and, and Richie said to me that Matty Davis had left the club. Um, we'd gone to Barry full-time. And that he said, you should come to us. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't really think that I was going to be good enough. Um, I, I'd known Richie's brother previously. And I'd always aspired to play what was the Comic League of Wales. Um, but it was probably, to me, it was a bit of a pipe dream. I didn't think it was going to happen, but Richie convinced me that physically I was going to be more than capable and, you know, that I should come along. So I remember the pre-season, um, they were actually putting me off coming a bit. And now I'm a manager, I can understand they were probably thinking, oh, you know, we've got another one coming along. He thinks he can make the grade kind of thing. 
Um, but eventually I went along and I played the last 20 minutes of a friendly at Goitra United, Port Albert way. Um, and I did okay. And, and, and then Tony signed me a week later, yeah. And I, and, I, and I think about 10 days from playing in a friendly for them, I started the new way for Cup for them. In the UEFA Cup as well, and then come on. And what was it? Like, what's it like to play in the in the Europa, Europa League or the UEFA Cup and everything? Because I know you did that with uh, Slanesli, and we'll get we'll get on to that as well. Because Flamek, your time with Slanesli is absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, you just came out of the curtains and went, "Right, I'm here. I'm going to take over and take over." You did and breaking records and that. But what was that like playing in you know UEFA Cup and the Europa League? in those competitions that, that game for Cumbran was a tough experience I was I wasn't good enough in all honesty to play Welsh Prem at the time not to hold down a position um, I had some raw ability um, certainly physically but I was I was raw as the word and I, I didn't really know what I was doing um, and then to play in the UEFA Cup I, it was just over my head um, and I got taken off at half time. Dean Philpott, who I haven't seen for years actually, he got sent off after about 10 minutes, um, which was not unlike Dean. And uh, that meant we were down to 10 men in the UEFA Cup against Sloven Bratislava. And I got sacrificed quite rightly at half time just to try and keep us in the tie. I think we lost 4 0, and then over there we, we lost 1 0, which was a really good performance. But yeah, varying experiences really. That, like I said, that was really tough. I hardly touched the ball when I did. It didn't go where I wanted it to. Um, and then other games like Motherwell, I played really well away up there. Uh, Yefli, Sweden, I played really well. Um, it's got a hat trick against one team from Lithuania. I was getting the, the names mixed up, so I won't say who it was. Uh, ben Spills, I think it was. Um, so yeah, I've had some success in, in European competition, but also I've had some some tough days where. You know, you, you're struggling to touch the ball. You know, with the you know, with a lot of um, a lot of fans who are not a fan of. Uh, well, let, let me say this correctly: a lot of football fans who don't uh, necessarily support Welsh league football. You know, the likes of Barry, Penabont, um, those kind of clubs and everything. It's it's sort of as if you if you're not in that environment where people don't realise where how much Europa League or European football is vital for these Welsh clubs. You know, um, a lot of people seem to be talking down to it. How would you respond to that kind of criticism if people are saying, how come it's not a, a, for, how can I say it? Um, it's like Merthyr Town support. It's no disrespect to them. I want to try and keep this uh, less, no bias or anything. But it's like Merthyr fans where their current situation is, is that they want to keep succeeding in the FA Cups or, or that English League Cup. But then when Welsh League fans are trying to say to them, try and get Europa League money or try to get the European competition, they're trying to uh, brush it off and say, no, it's not. How would you respond to that when someone says something you know, similar in that category? The first, the first thing to say is that you, uh, and I, I forget the actual term, but the, the points accumulated by Welsh clubs in Europe is massive for the national team. Um, in terms of ranking for the Welsh national team, if, if TNS, um, Connors Key this year, do well in the Champions League, it all adds to the points that the Welsh national team have, and which adds to their ranking. So it's, and you, you, you literally cannot have a national team without a national league. Um, that's a, a rule for UEFA. So that in itself, if you're a Welsh football fan, you cannot 
be a Welsh football fan and not be a fan of the Welsh Premier League because yeah. you can't have one. Yeah, that's the first thing. In terms of like the actual level, people are very naive if they think that it's it's a, a poor level. Um, I would actually say now you still get that blood and thunder uh, um, that you used to get in uh, the football league. Um, you still get a bit of that. It's still quite a physical league. But at the same time, you do get the football now, and obviously with the 3G pitches, etc. Um, and just players in, in general are still technically good these days. That um, I, think, I think, in my opinion, as a spectator of sports, in some ways, you get the full package with the Welsh Prem that you don't perhaps get at the top level now. Because as much as we all love, and I do, watching the art that is the English Premier League at times, we all get frustrated when they dive in, um, when the game's getting stopped for, nothing, for next to nothing. Uh, you don't get that so much in the Welsh Premier League. So um, I, get, I get that there's great experiences to be had in, in the FA Cup. Um, and if you can climb leagues for the likes of Merthyr, um, that's amazing for them. But the way it's evolved and the reasoning is for the national team, the support you get from the FAW now in the Welsh Premier League in terms of funding is, is huge. And those European exper experiences can be massive. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not um, au fait with Merthyr's history as such, but Merthyr probably, if you could name a great day they've had in the, in the, in the FA Cup, is it going to be better than TNS against Liverpool? I'm not so sure. TNS against Man City, Cumbrian against Celtic. You know, these are massive experiences. Yeah. So there's, what I'm saying is, is there's great experiences to be had um, in all the leagues. Um, personally, now I think a team like Merthyr should be looking to go into the Welsh Prem. Yeah, I'd, I completely agree, you know, and it's like um, a lot of people who express their opinions on Merthyr's situation. And like I said, I don't want to keep, um, I, I mentioned this a lot of times in my previous episodes where I don't want to keep mentioning or talk down about Merthyr because at the end of the day, I kind of learn now is let them do their own thing because it's going to, whatever happens, what goes around comes around, whatever is for good or bad. Um, but it's like, uh, I've had so many conversations with uh, friends who support Merthyr and it's more like my way of approaching is, um, you know, it, there is a deep concern for Merthyr because of the situations they've had in, in terms of finance or players just leaving left, right and centre. And they're, they're insisting, they're like the, the Black Knight in, in the Monty Python film where one arm comes off and it's like, oh, it's just a flesh room. But the more <laughs> limbs come off, it, it's just that, well, you know, it's going to get worse, you know, for Merthyr. Now, Merthyr are a great club. And every time I've been up there to play or watch, I go up there sometimes to watch them, particularly since I've been a manager. They're a great club. They're well-supported. Um, and I can understand, because of their history, why they want to stay in it. And I don't know probably enough about the club to hold a solid opinion. Yeah. But I just feel like they're, they're, they'd be a great addition to the Welsh Prem. The funding they would get from, um, from uh, for their academy is huge. And also... You know, a club of Merthyr side should be looking within a few years to qualify for Europe, and that would help sustain them. And the other thing is, as well, the exposure you get in the Welsh Prem now, social media, I wish it was around in my day like it is now, um, is, is massive. And obviously, we've got TV coverage every week. So, you know, we got some players playing for me, Kano and Nathan Woods, scored some good goals last year. And everybody has seen those goals because they're on Scorio and then it just goes viral on social media. 
it doesn't happen for, as far as I'm aware so much in the Southern Leagues. Yeah. Um, let's go on to that coverage then because uh, I want to talk about more about Celeste, your time with the club because you've had six brilliant years. I have to be completely honest. I, I looked into the, the history even when you were playing, still playing for you know club football and that, whether you were playing for uh, Plymouth or Celeste, whatever. And just to have a look at your records and everything, I thought, my God, what a player. What is he doing here? You know, you should be, you know, going to other leagues that probably want you and then get that, you know, experience uh, further indeed. And I want to talk about this one particular trial you had. Uh, it was for a Swiss team. I can't pronounce the name. It's like a, a, a role or, or, or some... Oh, um, um, what... So how did that occur then? Because, you know, that that team is, I, I mean, from what I've seen, uh, experienced, you know, seen themselves, that, that's a big club to have a trial with. So what, what was going on? Yeah, what happened was um, they needed a, a forward, a goal scorer. And what they did is they literally went into the European golden boot uh, table and they went to the top. And I think Cristiano Ronaldo was top. They were like, we can't afford him. And then added by your second, I still don't want to let him go. And then they, wherever I was, they were like, who's that guy? So then they, they sent someone over to watch me. And we beat Port Albert 8, I want to say 8-0 or 8-1. And I scored a few. And, and so they let us get him over for a look. Um, so I went over there and it was a, I played there for a week. It was an amazing experience, amazing country, the starters. So clean and um, Switzerland. Um, everyone was really friendly, which has taught me a lesson because we're not friendly to try this in this country. Um, but and, and to start with, in, the, in the, the training, I was I found it hard. It was it was very quick, um, and I found it hard. But I quickly adapted. Played a, um, a friendly game and scored. I scored a few in the game. Um, I think I think I scored four in the game. Um, and then I met the president at his, he had a massive ranch and we met for breakfast. So just for me, it was a culture shock to be meeting anyone for breakfast. Um, but that was the way they did it over there. And he said they wanted to sign me and, and that was it. And then I heard anything again. So no, no news is good news. So I'm hoping the phone's still going to ring. But <laughs> I think, I think you know, reading between the lines, I don't know whether there was going to be, a, I was under contract, whether there was going to be a hefty fee or, or what, I don't know. Um, that year, we won the Welsh Prem, won the League Cup, runner-up in the Premier Cup and the Welsh Cup. So the prize money was probably about half a million quid. And so, and I scored 58 that year in all competitions. So, Llanethi were well within their rights to, to not let me go because it's not, it's not a joke. It's, you know, this, is, this is serious, the Welsh Prem. And, um, the, whatever happened, maybe they changed their mind. Maybe I left after breakfast and I had too, too many croissants or something, and they said they don't take him. I don't know. But to be honest with you, I hadn't long joined the fire service, probably two, three years. I was loving life at Flanethley, um, and I, I probably wasn't that um, determined to, to make the move anyway. So I, and I, after about three, four weeks of the trial, I signed like a two or three year contract at Lanthi to stay. With Celeste, I mean, 
some of the players that were coming in and some of the management, you know, you had your Andy Legg, Peter Nicholas, um, Steve Jenkins. I know I think he came sort of later on. I spoke to him not long ago, actually. Uh, brilliant guy. Um, you know, some, some fine, finest players, you know, and personally, I think, you know, around about the time, Barry were no more. They, they didn't exist in the, in the Welsh Premier League standards. They were because of all the financial troubles. So there was someone had to fill that gap. And of course, I know TNS were the next big thing. But then it was Celestly, Brill and Banger. They were fighting for that opportunity to succeed in the Welsh Premier League and become the face of that league. For you, Celestly, was there a, a sense of proper competition than what it is now? Because, well, not now because Connors keep won the, won the title. But I mean, because TNS were winning constantly, but do you think that they were, there was proper competition while you were playing for Slovakia in that league? Yeah, I think last year, I don't, I, uh, Andy Morrison at Connorsky would probably be a bit better person to ask, but last year I think was the first year where for a while someone thought we can challenge TNS here. And they obviously proved that to be the case and they went on and won the league. Um, but every year we expected to win the league. We only won it once, uh, which was a travesty really. Um, but Whereas I would, I would imagine in recent years, everybody has been like, well, let's go for second. You know, we'll see if we can finish second this year. Uh, maybe that's harsh, but that's just from the outside because I haven't been in the Welsh Premier for a few years. That's the way it's looked to me. Until now, Connors Key look like worthy rivals and, and, it, and I'd imagine they'll go head to head again this year. Um, but we really fancy that every year. We should have won it more. With... Um... What was Peter Nicholas like to work with? You know, I've spoken to a few former Barrytown players or, you know, some people who are still with the club, you know, and they say he was, he was brilliant to work with. But for you, for a Celestly perspective, what was he like as a manager there? I loved him and I, I don't keep in touch with him. Um, the last time I saw him, I bumped into him when we were watching Wales, Slovakia and Euros in France, um, in Bordeaux. I bumped into, I was about eight seats down from him. But I loved him. Uh, he's a... He, he's, he's, um, the local rogue, um, but he was a great manager. He was one of the best I've seen um, at halftime and um, and prior to games. Uh, Justin Edinburgh was also very good, but Nico I thought was great. Like we played Yefley in the UEFA Cup, we one 0 down at halftime, and we were doing okay, um, but deserved to be one 0 down probably. But I came in thinking, oh great, you know we're not getting thrashed. And he went, he, he, he wasn't accepting it. It wasn't good enough. You know, we we, deserved, we should have been beating this team. We weren't playing what we, at the level we should have been playing at. And he made that clear. And we went out, we beat them 2-1. And I, um, so half-time, full-time, I thought he was brilliant prior to the games. And he was great for me. And, and I think that's the key is um, he, he trusted me. He made it very clear, very quickly that he rated me. I know he signed me, obviously, so he'd say he rated me, but I think he signed my record at Port Alba as much as anything. Um, he watched me, I would imagine, a few times, but I doubt he's, it's not like now where you get tapes and tapes of people. So he signed me and, and then very quickly made it clear that, you know, he rated me and he, and he was happy with the signing and that's all I needed, really. If you showed confidence in me, then I, I grew and I loved working for him and, um, I was disappointed when he went, and I'm disappointed that we don't really keep in touch. But I don't think he's the type to to, to keep in touch. Probably. No, 
Is he, is he the type of person, would you say, that um, he doesn't dwell on the past, he looks to the future? Um, is he that type of player, um, that type of person, would you say, or is it just the, uh, it, it is what it is kind of moment, really? Yeah, I think, I think he's just one of those people, probably, that when you were injured, he was with you. Yeah. And, oh. and I remember saying one day, like, I think I may have had a little niggle or something, bearing in mind I've just scored 40 goals in 30 games for him or whatever. And, and I've gone, you know, he said, look to me today. And he said, you're injured. Like, you look good to me at the moment. Oh. And, uh, but, and I think at the moment, probably the truth of it is, I'm not his player anymore, so we don't keep in touch. No. But that, that sounds harsher than it is. That's, that's the reality of professional football. Um, and, it, you know, it was what it does back to me. Um, and and I'll, I'm not like that, I don't think, as a manager. But... You know, there are players out there who get in the comfort zone when they're injured. And, and his, the reason he did that was because he didn't want you, anyone to feel comfortable being injured. Mm. So, and then, so there was method to the madness. But like I say, he's a, lo- he's a lovable rogue and I love him and, uh, and I love him well. And, and, I, and I, I, got a, I got a lot to thank him for because he, he took me to Flanethley and that's made a massive difference to my life. So, What about Andy Legg as a manager? Yeah, Leggy, uh, Leggy inherited then um, me and the squad at Clanetti. He brought Steve Jenkins with him, in with him, which was very shrewd because Steve's a great football man. Um, he won, you know, we won the Welsh Cup together, uh, which was something which I would have been. I'd feel very different being sat here now if I'd never won the Welsh Cup. Um, so, but I think. For me personally, I didn't need manager at that point, so I'm not going to say anything bad about Leggy as a manager. But I didn't, I didn't really need anything at that stage. I was when he took over, I would have been probably 30, maybe 29, and established, and, and I, my game was set in stone. I wasn't going to change, um, and I kind of took care of myself. So, but I enjoyed my time. The whole, I enjoyed all my six years there, Nico and Leggy, um, and I and I left at the right time as well. With, with that in mind as well, um, with Llanelli, uh, I want to mention the, the Welsh Premier League. When you won it, um, was there a, a, like a, a pinch me, pinch me, I must be dreaming moment, you know, because you had TNS who won it three seasons in a row and because uh, you and the squad pushed for it to get that title at Llanelli, um, what was that like for you and how did you feel along with the squad when you won the title? No, it wasn't a pinch me. It was a, what we should have done last year. And I think the, the mentality of, of players um, in any league, the, manta- the mentality now of your Liverpool, your Man City, um, will be we have to win the next year. And if we don't, it's disappointment. And it was the same for us. And they would, it was the same for TNS, I'd imagine, when they didn't win it. And the year before, at Christmas time, we were, we were I, I can't say exactly, but we'd beaten TNS away. Um, and we were a couple of points clear with a game in hand or something, and and and, and all thinking this is you know, we'll do it this year fine. And then we went to Bangor and lost. Went somewhere. I think we lost to Port Albert on Boxing Day straight after. Next thing you know, we're three points behind with a game in hand or whatever, and then we didn't win the league. We should have won the year before. Um, and so it was more than anything. It was it was just kind of. Relief, not really. It was just our time and we knew it. 
and we and we we should we have to win it. We have to win it. With the Welsh Cup, then, um, you because you played against uh, Bangor City at uh, was it Leighton Park when you won it? Because normally they have the one. Park of Scarlets. Park of Scarlets were also is close to home anyway, so it kind of been poetic to win the Welsh Cup. But when you play, I think no, that that was it. Um, I think it was in two thousand seven or eight. It was where the Welsh Cup. It was the final at Leighton Leighton Park, mm-hmm. but and um, I remember watching that on Scorio. And of course, uh, uh, you guys lost and everything, but a bit of a crowd trouble, though, I must say. There was a bit of a. I mean, I didn't expect that to be in a Welsh Premier League uh, standard of uh, football. Bangor were good at that. Oh. <laughs> I, I love playing up there, and they, they always gave me a lot of stick. Um, um, but yeah, it was, it was for, the wrong, for, the, for the wrong player, it would have been an intimidating place to go, and they filled. You know, we we won the league. We we Premier Cup, like I said, we'd won the League Cup the week before. They weren't um, title contenders, from what I can remember. So we were clear favourites in the cup final, um, and they had ten men for a lot of the game as well. Um, probably first twenty minutes, they had a man sent off, um, and we were one 0 down for a long time, and then we scored. Um, I scored on the hour, which was given as an own goal by Adam, and it was mine. And then I got another one there with a few minutes to go, um, probably 80, 85 minutes or something, which was a really good goal, actually. And, and then, obviously, on the 90, they've got an equaliser. Um, and I knew I had a good feeling then that we were going to lose this because we were out on our feet. We played so many games because of the success we've had. And I was looking around, and we were just out on our feet. Um, and, and to be fair to them, the crowd got behind them and they, the momentum swung completely. And in an extra time, they, they battered us. And I think we lost 4-2. I, I got sent off in the end. Uh, yeah. But when you won the Welsh Cup against Bangor a couple of uh, seasons later, um, they must have felt good then to, you know, what goes around comes around and just lift up the Welsh Cup trophy and say, yes, especially at Tillesley as well, where no matter if it was at Stebanese Park or Park of Scarlets as well. Yeah, well, Bangor then, so that was 2008 we lost, and then they won it every year until we played them again until 2011. Yeah. So they were going for, I think, their fourth in a row. They won the league that year, so now, all of a sudden, they are title contenders, and they've won the league. And we played them with a few games left to go in the league, and we beat them, I think, 5-2 at their place. And I had a bit of an argument with their manager, Neville Powell, who I get on with great now, but... Um, there was a bit of a fracas near the dugouts and he said something to me and TNS had just gone ahead of them in the league because we were hammering them that day. And I turned to him, I said, you've blown it, Nev. And, he's, and he bit big time. I said, what are you talking about? And I said, the league, you've blown it, mate. <laughs> and he was, honestly, it was like a red rag to a bull. And, and then we, we'd beaten them 5-2. And then to be fair to them, they didn't blow it because they came back and they beat TNS. Um, I don't know whether it was the last day, it may have been, and they won the league. But then by the time we played them in the cup final, all, all that Neville's talked about the changing room is that up front for them, saying, oh, we've blown it, show him, show him. So it was a lot of, there was a lot of tension between us uh, at the time. But they were better than us that year. They won the league and we didn't. And it was another case of that year, I felt that we should have done better. We lost to Neath twice at Christmas um, and blew it. Um, but 
but by the time we played them in the cup final, I knew we were, for me, we had their number. So we weren't perhaps across the season as good as them, but head to head, I always felt we'd beat them that year and, and we had their number. And we, we'd beat them 5-2 in the league, as I say, about a month before. And then we'd beat them 4-1 in the cup final then. And uh, I got a couple of goals as well, which was great for me. With um, Slenesi and Bangor, did you feel that there was a bit, a sense of, you know, rivalry. It's like with um, it's like with me because you know I'm a Barry Town supporter, and I always sense that um, we don't. No, know... Oh, you do know that. <laughs> I shut my computer down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I got no. I, I'll be honest with you now, and uh, for I um, we did a last episode of uh, the Ellen Blamey radio show on this local radio station, Bro Radio, and we were talking about um, other teams, so like Panabont and everything, and someone uh, the. the one of my producers who was sort of co-hosting it with me and another person said, oh, who do you think has been the most improved team? I didn't say Konski, I didn't say Kevin Druid or any other, I said Pennebomb because they came in because of you and, you know, and you brought in a different system, a different meaning to what the league could be about and the way you, you and the squad handle it. We didn't, we didn't think, oh, we're going to brush Pennebomb. We, we took you very seriously and I think you brought a whole new meaning of, Yes, we don't have to travel three or four hours, hours to North Wales. We could just get on train and just and, and I said it was just a big improvement and a big weight off our shoulders to say yes, with Penna Bond coming in, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, and we and we all, and I think most of us have got a soft spot for Penna Bond anyway. So uh stay. <laughs> but um did you feel like there was a like with Barry and Carnarvon, there's always a big rivalry between the two because of uh, sort of the same level of uh, playing, you know, and the, the fans and the following. Was um, Kilesley and Bangor sort of the same or was there a competitiveness between the two? Yeah, like I, I, I loved playing them and I, and I kind of hated, hated them. And, and I, I, I had that with them, but I had that with a lot of teams. It was part of my makeup as a player. And I, I just wanted to fight everybody and, and argue with everyone and it spurred me on. If I started having a, like a chit-chat with a player on the pitch, which very, very rarely happened, but if I did, I wouldn't have played well that day. I needed I needed that. And I, we had it with Banger. I don't know whether everyone had it with Banger, because like I said, they're that type of club where you know their fans get behind them and everything. And, um, they create that um, hostility. But I certainly felt it with them. But then I felt it with a lot of clubs, like I say. Um, and when you're when you're at the top as well, everyone wants to beat you. Um, so we, you know, we had we we probably had that with with a lot of teams now. After your time at Llanelli, uh, six years with Llanelli, um, was you very optimistic uh, to go to another club, or was you a bit upset that you you wanted to stay longer with Llanelli? No, I think I think I knew my time was up there. The truth of it is, they didn't offer me anything to stay. Um, so they, there was talk of um, cuts and you know you're not going to be able to get the same wages etc. Um, but it was never an offer, so you know there was no I could never judge the merits of that uh, those cuts because I didn't. So that's why I left, and I knew I was going when we beat Baller in the playoff final to get into Europe. Um, so that was a kind of a sad day in a way. But it was the right time for me to go. Um, I signed for Port Talbot quite quickly. Um, but I, put a, I asked for a clause if a full-time, not a full-time team, but if an English league club comes in for me, I can go. 
and the, the chairman at the time said, no one's going to take you at your age, of course you can. Um, and there were his words. But I, but I had a good idea that I'd been under contract for so long at Lanetley that there would have been anyone worth their salt, even if I was nowhere near good enough, they would have, they would have looked at my record and had a look at me. And I, I had a good idea that clubs would have seen me leaving Lanetley and, and they would have at least had a look. So I put the clause in, and like you say, Plymouth came in, and so I, I left Port Albert. I played a couple of friendlies, and I was gone again. So, um, you know, I felt bad leaving Port Albert probably more than I did Lanesley because I felt like I let him down a little bit. But it was naive from the chairman at the time, wasn't it? So, when you when you played for Plymouth then, uh, during your early thirties, you put a hold to your firefighting services, you know, for a bit because you're going to be playing professionally. What was your time like at Plymouth? Because a lot of people were behind you as well, uh, believe it or not. There was a lot of, uh, I mean, for us at Barry as well, some of my mates, we were all rooting for you because, you know, you were the type of player that deserved to push yourself and get to that next level. Yeah, I think I, think I didn't go. And like I said this the other day in a, in a, in a podcast, that if I'd gone earlier, I wouldn't have the status or the records that I've got. We talked about Mark Williams' goal-scoring record. Well, I got a few, and I'm proud of them. And if I'd gone earlier somewhere, then I wouldn't have had those things. So I can't have one without the other, and I'm proud of what I've got from the Welsh Prem. Um, but I went to 32, and, and I did well to start with. I did well in the friendlies. I did well in training. I was different to what they had. I was like a bit more aggressive than anyone they had. Um, but unfortunately, I tore my calf on the on the. What happened was I played for I played again. We played against Truro in a in a friendly, and I scored a, a goal where the right backs uh, clipped it over the centre half's head, and I chested it and volleyed it in. It wasn't as good. It wasn't as good as it sounds, but um, we trained then before the first game, which was against Portsmouth at home, and. I was named in the team. I was named as penalty taker, and I was I was wearing number ten. So I was obviously the manager liked me. And after the, the training session, I said to the assistant manager, "Can I do some finishing?" And he said, "No, no, get in, get in." And I said, uh, "Come on, a few finishes." You know, I was buzzing to just to be. I didn't want to go in. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we'll recreate that goal against True City, and we'll do eight. So he clipped eight balls over the top to me and I chested them and volleyed them in or not. And then the eighth one, I tore my calf. Mm. And, and I turned to him and I said, I just tore my calf. And he laughed and said, go and sit, go and get a rub. And I said, I can't, I won't be able to walk in. It was about 500 yard walk from the training ground to the changing rooms at Plymouth. I said, I, I can't get in. Like, it's gone. I just couldn't believe it. And it, it never really... It healed, but but then my fitness was way off. My confidence was was knocked um, for the first time in forever. Um, so I, I didn't really recover. I, I had some decent performances, but um, unfortunately, I was never fit, and and so it didn't it didn't go the way up, the way it could have. Um, but I loved my time there. Great club for, for someone to to experience football. Um, League two, you can't ask for a better. Club than Plymouth, you know, you can go. I'm not, not going to name names, but you can go to kind of some clubs that are in, you know, League Two Conference, League Two Conference. Plymouth are a, a proper club, getting ten, ten thousand every week. 
I still go places now and people recognise me. You, you don't get that playing for other clubs at League 2 level. So, proud to have played for them and just, I, I should, probably shouldn't have left, to be honest, when we did. Was it by um, mutual consent, was it, that you left? Or, because, um, was it John Sheridan took over as manager, or he was manager at Plymouth at the time you left? Well, how did... How did that happen then when you left Plymouth? What was the, um, the story? So, Carl Fletcher got the sack away at Bristol Rovers, who were bottom, and we just lost. Um, and John Sheridan came in uh, and he, he, he pulled me. We played a, we played a uh, reserve game and I scored two in the game and I scored one really good goal as well, which was rare for me. So I was thinking, oh, you know, he, he, he's seen that now. And, and again, to repeat myself, I was the only one there who I felt was aggressive in the air, I didn't miss much in the air and that kind of thing. So it was a bit different to what they had, I felt. But he called me in a, in a referee's changing room. There was a dirty boots in the corner and he just sat me down and he went, oh, um, so-and-so want you. A thingy, you know, and I was like, who's thingy? And he said, oh, Paul Talbot want you to go back. And I said, well, I own the contract, I'm not going back. And he goes, well, I don't want you. Yeah. And, I, and I said, well, I said, okay, but I'm different to what you've got. Maybe you'll, uh, as a sub later on, and then I'll prove myself. And he went, no, I don't want that. So he said, you can stay, but you're not going to play much. And once a manager says that to you, I could have stuck it out. And maybe it could have turned, because it does. But once someone says that to me, I, I can't have that. And I, and I couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't be in the same room as him, to be honest, at the time. And, you know, it's more under a bridge now. And if I see him, I, you know, he probably wouldn't recognise me. But if I saw him, I'd say hello. But at the time, I wanted to take his head off him almost. <laughs> I didn't think he'd have dealt with it that well. Newport County came knocking. Uh, Justin Ennevo, um, may he rest in peace, bless his heart. And, um, but uh, when you went to Newport, and this was around about, around about the time they were pushing for promotion, which they did, um, what was that like for you at your time with Newport? Yeah, it fell into my lap, so that's another reason why maybe I agreed to leave Plymouth because as soon as um, as soon as I was sort of placed on the transfer list, Justin rang me. Um, another occasion in my in my uh, career where I've been a bit, for want of a better phrase, starstruck, uh, having watched him for years, um, and he it, it was very easy, you know, the wages straight away was fine. Um, I wasn't going to demand, you know. I wasn't about money for me as such, so we agreed very quickly. I went in. Um, I actually tore my calf getting again, getting fit. I was at Plymouth, but knew when I was going. So I was getting fit to go to Newport at Plymouth and I tore my calf again. So I had to I had to hide that a little bit for the first um, first week or so. Um, and and I was like into training and I was I was kind of on eggshells thinking, oh please don't go again. Um, it was a very poisonous changing room. And when I say that, I mean it in a in a in a good way. The the the, the banter was relentless. You couldn't turn your back. If you if you thought you could turn your back and they wouldn't be giving you stick, you were naive. And for the first week I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna fall out with someone here but then I quickly I just I kind of like a communion I guess I just adapted and I loved it and I absolutely loved my time there I loved the stick they gave me and I loved giving them all stick 
and it was just constant. Um, the most poisonous children I'd ever been involved in, but in a good way. And that's what that's what led them to the success they had, and Justin created that in many ways. Um, uh, so yeah, I loved it. Unfortunately, uh, I, I didn't have injuries in my early part of my career, and I'm thankful for that. But at this stage, I'm starting to get injuries all the time, and I had a hernia. Um, again, felt it at Plymouth as I was leaving. Thought it was just a stomach strain. I was always in the gym, and I thought I'd just overdone it one day. Uh, turned out it was a hernia. So I only played one game for him like, when I wasn't in pain, which was Macclesfield at home, which we won 4-1, and I'd had an injection to kill the pain. Um, just went to a friend, uh, like a GP, and just said, help me out, get me through this. Um, so that, that was a shame. I couldn't perform for them, and I didn't perform for them. Um, and they didn't see the best of me, apart from maybe that one game. Um, Again, he was great uh, half-time, full-time, before the game. Uh, around the 90 minutes, he was brilliant, Justin was. Um, so intense. Got his messages across clearly. No one would argue with him, uh, which is important as well. Um, but he, I felt like he let me down again when I left. And it was a shame because I, I held a grudge. And before I had a chance to to sort of make it up with him, um, he passed, which I was, I was devastated to hear, to be honest. Um, it, must, it must have been, uh, yeah, like you said, devastated because, I mean, I met Justin Edward a few times where he was at, he was, as a spectator, coming and watching Cardiff, or I see him a few times at uh, Newport, you know, and just a lovely bloke, just a absolutely lovely to have uh, met him and everything. Um, but, what was he just like, not just as a manager, but as a person, Justin Edinburgh? What, what was he like? He's infectious, great company, always laughing, always laughing. He had, you know, you see the, obviously the, the, the viral videos of him since he passed. Um, I'd be careful not to get upset, but the, the, the smile, he just lit a little room up with his smile. Um, and like I say, he was constantly um, giving people stick. And accepting it back, and it created this environment where it was just relentless uh, banter, and um, and it I don't know it just it's hard, so hard to explain, but it just created an environment that led to success, and there's no there's no it's no shock that he went on and had success in several places, you know I think any manager can have success once, but to do it in several at several clubs. Or for a prolonged period, proves your methods, and, and and I think he was a very good manager. It was just unfortunate that he didn't. I didn't feel he handled me leaving properly, and and I didn't feel like he managed me leaving properly. And I and I was unhappy with him about it, and I told him as well. And I held a grudge for a long time, and and also the last time I saw him, I ignored him, which um, which. You know, when I found out that he had passed, so don't get me wrong, I didn't know him as well as some of the boys there, like Michael Flynn and Aaron O'Connor and people, they were very close to him. But I, I just regretted them when I, I looked back and I thought, why did I, it's football. And like I said about Peter Nicholas earlier on, in the full-time game, it is cutthroat. So yeah, he didn't handle it that well, but it wasn't personal. And, and I certainly shouldn't have held a grudge. And, I, and, then, and, and then life's too short. And then he was gone.
after your time in Newport County, you went back to Patalbert. Um, Patalbert for me, it's it's very close to my heart because of the the guys, the supporters. You know that when Patalbert supported us during the time for Barry, that is for that court case and everything, and they were always very outspoken, saying, "No, that." These, these are our brothers, we, we need to stand by them, and especially for the fans. But what was it like to come back to Port Albert? And did you feel a bit uncomfortable? It's like, hang on a minute, I only had a couple of friendlies. Are they going to like me? What's going to happen? What, what was your experience when you went back? I think when the first time around I was there, the fans were equally brilliant at the time. Well, more so perhaps. Uh, risk an onslaught there. They were brilliant. A guy called Nigel Hunt. They were. They used to do this website called I think it's called um, Blue Skin Beast or something like that. And they'd interview me all the time because I was scoring every week. They hadn't really had that in their history with a player who was getting a lot of limelight. So they were, and it was great. And I left there. I left like them. Like I've left friends behind there when I went to Llanelli, and I had to go when I left. Then over my time with Flanethi, it soured a little bit. Um, we were rivals, Flanethi uh, were rivals with Port Albert a little bit. Um, there was a few occasions, I was accused of kissing the badge once. I didn't kiss the badge, I went like that. But um, yeah, they were giving me stick in a game and then, and then we scored and I went like that. Um, so that, so I felt like when I went back, and then of course I'm there for a couple of weeks and then I leave to go to Plymouth. And then I come back again. Um, and I just, it wasn't the same the second time round. And perhaps the fans that, that you love, that you know, they didn't recognise my history with the club. And I didn't feel like they always gave me the props I was due um, at times. Like I remember, those t I remember one occasion when they were giving me stick from the stand and I was thinking, you know what you're doing like you know I'm, play, I'm playing for you I've, I've scored a lot of goals for you I scored a seven against your nearest rivals and the shouting stuff like you're too old someone shouted you're too old <laughs> but again it's football and it's it's water under a, br a bridge but I think the second time around the club was a mess you know it's like and it, it's no surprise they are where they are now I really wish them well. I know that the people running the club aren't the same people now. So um, hopefully now they can build and, you know, and I, I fully support that because I really want them to get back. But the people running the club at the time, they just didn't have the club's best interests at heart and it just wasn't a good place to be, to be honest with you. So it was very, it was very difficult. When uh, you went to Aberystwyth, um, and this is around about the time where you, your career was starting to sort of uh, end as a footballer and going into management of Pen of Bonds, which I'll get onto in a minute. But uh, you're talking about Aberystwyth. Um, I've, not got, I've not got anything, uh, apart from having a nice ground, there's one or two people that were nice, but every time I've experienced as a supporter going to Aberystwyth, uh, I, uh, I remember once where um, we, because there was only, you had the middle stand, the big one, and because we had the drum and everything and we were, singing, chanting, banging away and everything. And I remember there was this elderly fan that just came up to me. Turned out, I think he was the chairman at that time, but he came up and he went to me, uh, are you going to bang that drum then and everything? And they, that club tried everything to not let us have all our drums, all our flags, you know, they were trying so hard to not let it into the, into the game. And he said, oh, well, 
he said, you shouldn't be having that. I said, well, I re- respectfully refuse. So I'm going to keep drumming away. And then next, you know, he called me a miserable see you next to you. So I was like, again, I'm happy. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, but uh, some of the memories I've had of Aberystwyth as a supporter is not being um, brilliant. But for you as a player, when you went to Aberystwyth, what was your time there like? Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, again, it, was, it wasn't a great time to be there at the time in terms of like... Um, I just felt I just felt that like the club was in a bit of, of, of transition period. We had a, a Llanelli contingent there, and they were great. They're great lads, still good friends of mine now. And probably the club felt that the reason they were struggling is because of that Llanelli contingent, because we struggled that year. In my view, it was we the only reason they didn't get relegated that year. And I don't say we. I had some moments, but it wasn't me. I was injured a lot. Um, but the other boys, Stuart Jones, Lee Sermons, Chris Venables, obviously, Antonio Corbusiero, I thought they, I thought they held the club together at times. Um, but I enjoyed my time there. As far as I'm concerned, it's a good club. Um, always enjoy going up there and playing decent atmosphere and stuff. Um, you always get one or two grumps, don't you, wherever you go. Yeah. And the nature of whilst Prem stands is you can't get away from each other. So, because uh, there's not so many seats, so perhaps um, they would have gone and sat in Rosette if they if they were at Old Trafford or something. But no, a good club, and and again, they they seem now to be on a on a bit of a better direction than they were at the time I went there, and it was a transition period for the club. I did my best for them. In fact, I did I did it over and above at times, uh, which is you know I know things that. Perhaps I, I won't go into, but but I was just injured a lot. I, I taught again my calf, taught my calf in pre-season, uh, and then I had like a, what they call a ham, hamstring tendinopathy, where I could play with it, but I didn't know for about three weeks what it was, and I thought my hamstring was going to come off the bone every time I ran. It turned out that it was tendonitis in my hamstring, and I just played with it the rest of the season. But you know, I had eleven stitches in my face, took a knee to the to the face and stuff, and. Um, and then and carried on playing in the same game and things. So I gave my all for the club. It was just a shame that, like I said, we weren't. It was a transition period, that's the way. <laughs> well, let's get on to Penabont then. Manager, you got him to the Welsh Premier League, um, an experienced Welsh Premier League player like yourself. How, um, how did that transition from being a player to manager come about and how how did that transaction from you going to Penabon to be the manager uh, happened? I was doing commentary for Scorio a bit. I, I probably did about four or five games for them. And we, we were, uh, like Mark Jones, who everyone knows, um, me and him were travelling to a game together and he said, are you going to stay at Arbor? And I said, no, I won't be staying. He said, where are you looking to move to? You know, in terms of playing, he was talking. And I just said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play now. Um, I, I didn't want to just chase Mark Lloyd Williams' record. That's the only interest I had in playing at that point. And I just thought, I'm just going to be every week just hoping I nick a goal, you know, and I just didn't want that. Um, when I went to Plymouth, I almost accepted that that record was going to go, which is fine. Can't win them all. And so I said, I'm not going to. And he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to, I'm, I've done my license um, and passed it at that point. Um, but I said, yeah, I'll be looking for a club Welsh league. And I said, I said, actually, one club I've always thought should do better than they do is, um, I call them Bridge End, which is, uh, 
which is blasphemy. But um, and he, he sort of said, I know people at Bridgeline quite well. So he said, if anything ever happens there, they're, they're after a new manager. Because Francis Ford had been there 10 years. He said, I'll, I'll put a word in for you. So I said, okay, no problem. I just didn't think much else of it. Um, and when I say they should have been doing better, I just mean maybe more ambitious. I didn't, I'm not criticising Francis in any way. Um, but almost like a sleeping giant as a town. And then if it was only like a month or so later, he rings me up and says, Francis Ford's gone. Um, and, and I was like, oh, okay. And he said, uh, I've told him that there's only one person they should uh, interview, and that's you. So they interviewed me, and, and you know, I think they interviewed me on the Monday, and I think by the weekend it was all done. Um, so I got Jonah to thank for that, which he, he does, he, you know, he had to do something for me because he didn't do much for me as a manager. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so I went there and, and it's been a perfect fit. Um, you know, I, I got a deep affection for Flanagan. I have for Port Albert and I hope that um, my comments aren't, uh, don't, don't distinguish that at all. But Pennebon now is just on another level for me. With, um, with that in mind, you mentioned Flanagan uh, holds a special place in your heart and everything. Um, I was uh, speaking to a friend of mine who we were talking about, you know, Welsh Premier League players, if they go on to management, anything like that. And um, your name came up. And, of course, um, it was just a what-if scenario and everything. And he said, oh, which um, club would you reckon that he would go to after Panabon? And I said, well, I would love to see him at Clenetley um, Town as a manager because I think he would bring bring in a lot of greatness to the club but for you just asking you uh, yourself now say for argument's sake uh, touch words anyway sounds a bit controversial because you're still Panabon manager but if you had the opportunity uh, if you had the opportunity to go and manage Clinetley would you take it in a single heartbeat or would you just say nah no thanks I'll go and look for something else to do I wouldn't take it in a heartbeat because it, it, has, to be, it has to be right yeah know, it has to be right, you know, and, and Flanagan's had its problems, um, not too dissimilar to themselves and, and Port Albert. And so it would have to be right, but obviously I've got a, an affection for the club, and it would be, you know, in terms of, a, um, you know, my heart would want to say yes if, the, if I wasn't a Pennebon, but, you know, I love Pennebon now. And, yes. Um, I, I wouldn't be leaving Pennebon in the foreseeable. Hopefully they haven't got other ideas, um, but it, but like you say, if for some reason I had to leave Penabons and then Clinetley would always be a club I'd want to listen to if I was available. But yeah, it has to be right, and um, you know, at the moment they've just not quite found the formula um, to do what you guys have done at Barry, where you've um, you know, you're back where you belong, I guess. Um, with Penabon now, when your first season in the Welsh Premier League after, you know, getting promotion and everything. Um, it, it must have been a struggle because you were, have, you know, fighting off relegation battles and everything. But uh, for you, was it a big opportunity to go, right, sweatpants, let's get to work, Let, let's do this, you know, and going hard. But what was it like for you to, for that season? Well, this season's just gone. Uh, how would you sum it up? When, when you got promoted, like, we, we came second by five points. And we had a terrible start, and then we all season we clawed you back, clawed you back, clawed you. 
And even with two games to go, I thought we could still win this. And I thought that we were ready and that, you, and that I was ready for Welsh Prem at that point, but we weren't. And it was a blessing in disguise that you didn't fall under pressure. <laughs> uh, and, you, and you beat Goitra, I think, and won the league. And, um, because I wasn't ready either, really. Um, and, I, and I think we would, have, we would have got relegated for sure if we'd gone up that year. Um, but this, but we've built something, and when you when you when you're able to start the league below and build like, like Leeds now, Leeds, I don't think Leeds will struggle at all next year because they've built something from within, and now um, they'll just continue that on at a higher level. Whereas if you're starting from scratch, it's already at the top league where you can't afford to experiment, you can't afford to make mistakes. Um, it's a lot harder to implement your ideas. I hope that makes sense. But um, it's, it's been hard. It has been hard. Um, we've more than anything because we've lost so many games we shouldn't have. You know, the first game of the season, um, three two three times in the ninetieth minute, um, and and some of the goals as well that we conceded, like a Carnarvon away, it was a free kick at the crossbar, hits our keeper falls to their player and taps it in. It's a great free kick, but just felt like everything's going against you a little bit. And I don't believe in luck. So, But in those moments, you're thinking, any chance? Um, but we didn't flinch. It's something me and Martin Giles, who's a, an absolute godsend for me, uh, it's something we, we talk about quite a lot. We didn't flinch at all. Yeah, it was tough, but we didn't, we didn't back down. We kept going. We kept our standards high, remained professional believed in our methods and and we turned the corner big time um, from around Christmas Boxing Day onwards. We turned the corner massively and I think personally that in a, again I'm going to upset a few people, but I think we were the best team in the bottom half. Um, we would have gone on to be the best team in the bottom half for the second half of the season. You know, with the, uh, you were saying a lot of goals were not going your way and everything. How did you feel about uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny Hood's goal against uh, Penabont in the opening season? It's more a celebration than anything. I can't get, I just can't get my head around that dance than we did. Um, and Scorio just seemed to love putting clips of that goal up and that celebration. But no, look, it, <sighs> I have to take responsibility for that because I, I got it into my head that I had to do a certain thing at set pieces. And don't get me wrong, Barry are good at all, in all that aspects of the game, but they're not, they're not like a beast at set pieces like perhaps Carlos Kiar. But for some reason, I decided I wanted to do something at set pieces, which meant we were a man down on the edge of the box. And it came from a short corner. It wasn't um, a planned thing, but it fell to the edge then where I had, didn't have a man because I, I'd pushed that man somewhere else. So it was my fault that that goal went in. It was a good strike. Our keeper was unsighted, and there he goes. Um, and he's, kept, well, he's a scorer of great goals. Um, you know, he's not a, you know, really a great goal scorer as such, but he, he scores great goals. So he's a complete opposite to me, to be honest. Or I was. <laughs> um, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it, because I know we mentioned uh, UEFA Cup and Europa League and everything. We haven't mentioned Motherwell yet. To go, that game against Motherwell uh, in Scotland. Um, Man, I, I, I'm so, I should slap myself on the wrist for that. But, uh, <laughs> but when you played against Motherwell in the Europa League or UEFA Cup or whatever people want to call it, um, was it a bit of a, a shock that you, what was it the first leg that you beat him 1-0 and 
and then you came back and it was uh, 3-1. But what was, it, what was it like in the first leg when you went up to Scotland and played against them? It was a great experience. It was, uh, again, this is what I mean about Merthyr. You know, they can experience these things if they come and do it properly. But um, it wasn't a surprise to me. Stuart Jones scored yet another goal in Europe. Um, any, he's obviously finished now, but any Welsh Premier manager worth their salt knows if you play a team with Stuart Jones in it, you're going to have to be careful on set pieces because he's, he's got a trampoline in his boots. Um, probably the best leap of anyone I've ever played with. Um, and he scored quite a few goals in, in European competition and he always ribs me because I never scored in the Champions League and he did. Um, although I know I captained in the Champions League and he didn't, so that's, that's my comeback. But no, it didn't surprise me. Um, and it didn't surprise me. They took us a bit lightly. I think Bruce Riach was a manager and they took us too lightly. And it's a very thin line between, between Welsh Prem and you know, professional levels. And you look at Christian Deutsch now, obviously close to, close to your heart, I expect. He's doing great now, uh, having come from the Welsh Prem at the same level another one I played at. You know, that day, we battered them all over the pitch. Yeah, yeah, they, you know, they had the ball more than we did, but in terms of the contact, I didn't lose a header. Stuart Jones didn't lose a header. Chris Venables, it was his debut, and... He actually had a little niggle. I can't remember what it was, but he had a, like a quad straight or something. He was unbelievable. Um, imagine if he was fit. I just um, so we deserved 100% to win that game. And, and but then but then the flip side is when they come back to our place, they know now, you know what they're going to be up against. And then that little bit of quality comes through. And I think we lost two or three nil at home. Um, just a last question then for you, and it was an absolute pleasure to be speaking to you about your career and some things about football. It's absolutely fun to be doing this with you. Um, how, how would you describe your career as a footballer? I wish you told me you were going to ask me that. I would have given it some thought. Uh, that's a tough question, good question. <laughs> I just gave it everything. I think I made the most of it. I didn't. I was never coached. My my career was about self discovery. I, you know, I had some decent managers, but and I picked up bits off everybody, I suppose. But I wasn't ever like coached as such. And I just I learned my trade, and I just worked hard, and I had hundred percent confidence. So I suppose to answer your question, I would just say I made the most of my opportunities. Well, Reese, thank you so much for coming on the Dragon's Voice podcast to talk about your career and other things to do with football. It's an absolute pleasure, and it's an absolute pleasure that you get to share the same name with me. So, uh, <laughs> but thank you very much. And uh, I also wish you all the best with uh, Penabon. I look forward to, hopefully, uh, if the, the COVID situation dies down, hopefully I get to see uh, uh, you against um, your team against Barry one day, hopefully again. So I wish you all the very best. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Dragon's Voice podcast. It has been one heck of a journey so far, and I can't thank you guys enough for the support. So please give the like, share, subscribe, and hopefully one day when the COVID's over, I can go back and doing the audio so you don't get to see my ugly face. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you all next time. Take care.